This is Football Neophytes Podcast, and we're going to basically just talk about the Super League. Let's do it. Gentlemen. Yo. It is insane. What's going yeah. on? There is, there is only one topic that can be discussed in this episode, right? I agree, and it's the hat is back, baby. The hat is back. The hat is back. That's right. The most shocking thing to happen over the weekend, Dean Henderson brought the hat back. Uh, he attempted to hit a ball with the hat. It, it looked so – it looked like – at because he didn't wear it the whole game, he brought it on at halftime, and it looked like at halftime he told like a team, like uh, the Jersey guy, like, "Hey, dude, I need a hat." And he went running up to the mega store and found a kid's hat and brought it back down for Dean. And Dean wore the kid's hat for the rest of the game. It was incredible. The hat is back. It's the top storyline of the week, guys. Top storyline of the weekend. Um... Yes, it is fun to see the hat back, but that was like the last good thing to happen. Um, Super League, so much has been said about it already. Tomorrow, tomorrow morning, Tuesday, when almost all Premier League podcasts release, there's going to be a deluge of thoughts and complaining and moaning and bitching and that's fine um we're gonna do some of that here uh but i hope that what we can offer is the perspective of of americans and particularly i think all three of us are very uh we're we're very aware of the sports landscape in america and I mean, really, we were joking about it before we started recording, but essentially this is our fault as Americans. Um, We have perfected capitalism. We've perfected uh, the hyper-individualistic nature of capitalism. And uh, what we're seeing is a bunch of owners thinking only of themselves, I can't imagine they've thought of the players. Uh, I can't imagine they've thought of, of the fans. Um, And so, so we're seeing like kind of individualistic capitalism run its course. And we also have three of the five board members uh, of this new super league and so this has American fingerprints all over it. And so hopefully we can uh, provide something unique in this space. But uh, just just starting off, you know, guys, we've we've been texting all day. Um, initial reactions for for both of you. I think you'll both offer different perspective, Chris um, and Kyle. So I'd love to hear just kind of what you guys are thinking. Kyle, you want to start? Or you want me to roll? You go for it, my man. Okay. Um, so the news of this, the timing was really odd. 
Yeah. I think that was like the very first thing. It started to leak in the middle of the Manchester United game this weekend. And even at halftime, statements were already being put out about this. So you have a team in the middle of their game while their owner is leading a rebellion into his own league that he's trying to create. Um, and so was, the timing of it was just so odd from the get-go. Like, I understand that these, if you want to do this, these things take time. And it's really hard to get everyone together, to get everybody on the same page. Like, you know, when they announce it, it's for the 24-25 season, right? So it's potential, or is it 23-24, 24-25? I don't, I don't know, but, but if you read the official statements, it was also somewhat ambiguous. It was kind of like at the quickest possible time. So I, the, the earliest statement said, I think, 23-24, 24-25, but, but then the official statements that rolled out had a more ambiguous timeline. Yeah. And I think that, that, you know, you realize that it probably is going to take two years if this is something that's legitimately going to happen. And so the timing of it all was weird. Like why not announce it in the off season when there aren't matches going on and things along those lines. So the timing of it kind of leaking, it makes me wonder if there was a leak and a newspaper was like, hey, we're running this story. You guys can get ahead of it if you want to. Well, part of it was because Champions League was set to announce today their expanded field. So, right. so there's speculation that they were trying to beat Champions League to the punch. And that actually raises a whole other part of the spec. Oh. Some of the speculation is actually that this was a uh, that they didn't intend to go through with this at all, but that it's a bargaining ploy to try and get a bigger cut of of champions league revenue for the bigger clubs or I, I don't know what their end game is, but that it was a bargaining ploy. So, um, so I think some of the timing has to do with that. I also think some of the timing that's Bush league is like, they're doing it without fans in the stadium. And we saw some of that today at Ellen's road in the yeah. Leeds, Leeds, Liverpool. And even in some other places, I saw some guy in a Tottenham kit, standing out in front of the Spurs stadium, holding a sign. And so, so obviously fans, fans are riled up and they're, they're out there making statements, but just imagine the shithousery if fans were in the stadium, oh, which man. actually, now that I think about it, I think it's actually better that fans weren't in the stadium because I think they would have taken it out on the players potentially certainly there would because there's always asshats in the crowd who are just idiots and they would have probably taken it out on the players a little bit. And ultimately the players, as we'll talk about in a little bit, um, aren't really supportive of this either. So, yeah. And, and so beyond the timing of it being strange to me, I, I'm still struggling to just wrap my head around it. Um, and like gain coherent thoughts. Um, from a fan standpoint, I've been impressed. <laughs> and there's been a lot of jokes on the interwebs about how when you thought the whole world was divided, uh, the one thing that brought us all back together was 12 clubs disbanding football, right? And it brought us all together because I have literally not seen a single United fan that I have kind of gotten to know a little bit Who's excited about this? Who thinks it's the right decision? Who thinks that this is great for the game? Everything I have seen from a fan perspective uh, has been, this is absolute horseshit. 
Um, this is nothing more than the rich trying to get richer, the greed being greedier, um, and it just being a sad day for football as opposed to some great moment in the history of, of football that everyone's going to look back at and be like, remember that Sunday when we announced the Super League <laughs> and how great are we now looking back on that? Like that day is not happening. That day is not looked upon favorably. Uh, it seems like it is a pure money grab if this thing does happen. And to see it trounce on the history of some of these clubs is kind of what's saddest. Yeah. Um, I know we've said like, hey, it's kind of Americans' fault. And yeah, <laughs> it sure is. Um, you know, someone was asking me earlier, like, what's the American perspective on it and how, you know, re in relation to American sports. And it's really hard to, to, to quantify it, to kind of put it into its own box because this would never happen in an American sport. The American sports that are dominant in America are the NFL, uh, the NBA, and Major League Baseball. Those are the dominant sports in America. We can add on hockey if you want, um, but it's not as big here. And Kyle's shaking his head. <laughs> right, and, and soccer, you know, as much as we enjoy the game, the soccer following for the MLS is not close to the levels of those other sports. So when you look at the NFL, Major League Baseball, and the NBA, they are their own super leagues. Like those teams are going nowhere because the worst team in the NBA is still better than the best team in any other country in the world. So from a competition standpoint, they're not going to find any better teams out there and say, Hey, what if we pull these three Canadian teams? I don't know. Have you guys been to Montreal lately? There was a street team I saw that, you know, I think could hold their own. And or magic you know, like that's just not happening and it's not happening in any of those sports because they are the dominant teams of those sports. So it's hard to really figure it out. And, and we all kind of texted and talked earlier about, you know, probably college football being the closest thing that you could do or college sports being the closest analogies you can make, which is, is fine from the competition standpoint, because yes, if you pulled, you know, all the powers of college football and you said, hey, we're doing a super conference of 16 teams and it's going to be Alabama, Ohio State and, and Clemson and, and you're pulling only the top two or three teams from these four different conferences, five conferences. Yeah, that from the competition standpoint, that is the best analogy that can be made. Uh, it, also has, it also has merit as an analogy because I think what makes this burn so hot is the loyalty to these clubs is generational. Yeah. These clubs yeah. have been around for 130, 140 years, some of them. And you have generations after generations of families who have supported a certain club. And so the passion for it is far deeper than most of our sporting fan bases. Only really Major League Baseball, a handful of teams have that much uh, like longevity. And where I think college football particularly has a bit more depth of fandom is because a lot of us went to certain schools. And so I'm a Sun Devil. I identify as a Sun Devil. I didn't grow up as a Sun Devil fan, but because I spent four significant formative years of my life at that school, there's, there's a depth to my, to my 
fandom that's that's deeper than normal and it would cut a little deeper if you know usc and oregon left the pac-12 to join some super conference right so i think that's where it becomes probably the best comp yeah yeah i think you're right i mean i think that most college football is a good comp right because people are fans of those schools who went to the school unless you're a fan of ohio state and then you just are a front runner but um no but i think there's a couple interesting points here i think the thing that struck me the most watching this uh from across the pond is that how upset everyone was including the teams that were a part of the super league yeah and that's what i was really shocked because i think that that's where the college football analogy actually breaks down as I was thinking about it more, we've talked about, you know, there's been some discussions of a super league in college football and almost unanimously from what I can understand is the Texas's, the Alabama's, the Clemson's, those fans would be in favor of going to a super league. The fans of Kansas state and Mississippi state and Oregon state, they would be up in arms but Oregon would be cheering it on and ready to move on as, as quickly as they could. And so I think what is really interesting here, and it, it just really goes to show the history and true fandom that exists in soccer in Europe is the fact that even United fans are up in arms about this and even Chelsea fans and Barcelona fans and all of the teams that were a part of this, their fans are just as angry and that's pretty interesting to see. And it's not something that I expected because if you take away the history, you take away that um, kind of togetherness, then a Super League really makes a ton of sense for, especially for those clubs. But the fact that those fan bases are as passionate as they are about not making this happen um, I think is something that I did I wouldn't have expected if you had told me about this before. You look at the you look at the debate in the US over like the universal designated hitter in baseball and the way that's created like a rift within within sports or within baseball fandom where you, your traditionalists are like no, National League has, p- pitchers have to hit. Um I think that gives a small like like little touch point of how someone feels when their history is being like ripped out from under them. And that's one, that's one rule in a sport. That's not an entire way of a sport functioning being upended. And so, so I think you, you see the, the depth of, of the despair. I mean, really it's genuine despair. You, the amount of people who I've just, who have written posts about feeling depressed or gutted, or, uh, I think someone, someone, uh, I think he's a man. Oh no, he's a Liverpool supporter wrote, um, he was having an existential crisis. And I, at first I felt bad for the small market clubs, but the more I thought about it, I was like, no, the fans who are screwed the most in this are the supporters of those big six clubs. 
because they're the ones who will have to make a decision. Right. I would say, except for there's a couple clubs in there who I think are just lucky to be included. <laughs> well, and those, those clubs probably are actually the only people in the world that are happy right now, like Arsenal, maybe Tottenham. I'm not sure who from the other countries, but there are a couple who I bet you AC are just pretty excited that their names are getting mentioned today. But yeah. this is where I think it's short-sighted is because we're looking at a, a thin sliver of, of history. Arsenal yeah. is a traditional powerhouse, right? I think Tottenham's the one club. They haven't won a Premier League title they're the only of those six who haven't won a Premier League title. But even then, they've been in the Premier League, like, I think more years than only, like, eight or nine other clubs. I was doing a ton of research on that today. And the same with AC Milan. Like, people are kind of dogging on AC Milan because they've had a bad, like, last decade or so. But they were a powerhouse in the 90s and 2000s. So, um I don't, and this is where I think it's not about who the best clubs in the world are because that changes all the time. It's about the biggest marketed clubs in the world. What brands are yeah. the biggest brands in the world, right? Uh, if you go to Africa, my buddy Francis is like, if you go to Africa, basically people are wearing Arsenal or Manchester United kits. Like it's just, that those are the two clubs that were able to break into the television market there in the nineties and two thousands. And he's like, everyone I know is supporting one of those two clubs. And so um, from a worldwide branding, it's really a branding league more than, than anything. They're also a great team. So I don't, don't get me wrong there, but, but ultimately it's not like who are the top clubs in the world right now. That's what the champions league is all about. Yeah, I, th I think it's really interesting, too. It's, you know, one of my favorite books is Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. And, uh, you know, the big question that is derived from that book is, is it better to be a big fish in a small pond or a small fish in a big pond? And I think that, <clears throat> I don't know if it's just because of how quickly this is all kind of coming about, um, but it, it, it feels like the owners were so short-sighted in this decision or in, in getting it out there um you know kyle kind of like what you were talking about with spurs or uh arsenal kind of being like yeah let's go do this we're in on this and it's like you know in this league where you've got 15 monsters and you're not a monster right now guess where you're probably finishing probably in the lower half you know if if this league goes out there with 20 monster teams Arsenal and Tottenham as the way that they're constructed right now uh, are probably see, probably finishing anywhere between 13 and 20, right? In the lower half of this league. Yeah. Would you rather be sixth, seventh in the premier league or 18th in the super league? And I think that a lot of these teams, if this goes forward, are going to have to reckon with that fact. Like, did we ruin our prestige? Did we ruin our luster? Did we ruin our badge? because we wanted to, to get into the big pond and we just weren't satisfied in the little pond. And, and as a United fan, that's what scares me the most about it because in the premier league, the money that they make, the money they generate, they're always going to have the ability to restock talent and they should always be relatively good, right? A bad year 
for Manchester United is finishing seventh. And it's a great year for a thousand other clubs out there in the world. Um, and that's the scary part to me is you as one of the top teams in the world and in the league that you're currently in want to go create a super league where the competition's harder, where the finances start to level out because you're bringing over the biggest and the best and the, you know, the financial money makers that are out there. And you're going into a level playing field where the competition's going to be a lot harder and a lot stiffer. And so is it good from a competition and fun standpoint? Yeah, probably. Is it bad if you go over and you finish 17th, 18th, 19th, but Hey, we're guaranteed to avoid relegation. So it's fine. We're always going to be in this league. Right. And so I think that that is the part that maybe these owners have overlooked and how much it's actually going to damage their worldwide brand, their worldwide reputation going into this league. Now, if you go into the league and you win it, Hey, kudos to you. But, you know, right now you're getting shit on by everybody across the world. You're, you've damaged your reputation right now just by pushing this out there. And so how much further can it, can it go for you? Yeah, and I think – and here, here's, where there, I, here's where I see a lot of cracks in, in the foundation of this plan. The initial announcement said there was 15 teams that will be the founding teams and five – will get five other clubs will get invitations. Well, they launch with 12 and we know that Munich and I think Dortmund and PSG said no. So those are your initial 15 and you have three of them already saying no. So then they announce with only 12. This has the makings of just like a rush job that was such a big mistake. But then even with even if they did have 15 founding teams, they didn't announce the criteria for the other five. The 15 teams can't get relegated, but they never dis, they never talk about the other five. So what does that mean? Like if I'm one of the five invitational teams, Wolves get invited one year. Oh, great. We're going to join this Super League for a year. But if we finish second, we get kicked out because we're not one of the 15 like there's so many like things at face value that i'm like this doesn't this plan doesn't seem very well thought out um and the fact that there was so much backlash you really get the impression it it feels like a politician who's so out of touch with his constituents and he thinks he like live it he's living in this bubble world where he's only hearing from his own people and then he rolls out some policy and everyone's like you're a freaking idiot like none of that actually works or is good for anyone and there's so much backlash right because otherwise i don't know how they could have how they couldn't have seen this coming can i uh can i offer you my conspiracy theory yeah all right so here's my conspiracy theory is that this is all a ruse to get everyone to shut up about VAR. <laughs> right? Like, what if what if next week they're like, okay, we're going to disband the Super League, but VAR sticks and no one's allowed to complain about it ever again. Everyone would be like, okay, fine. Yeah. That's, that's funny. But other countries don't have as, as many issues with VAR. I'm not even sure Italy uses VAR. So that's where that breaks down a little bit. Does Italy have computers? <laughs> I don't know if they have stuff to <laughs> actually draw the lines and all that stuff. Um, 
I do think real quick on conspiracy theories, and Nate, you mentioned this at the top though. And I, the more I think about it and think about the details and how it was rolled out, I, I really do. If I were a betting man and there was a way to bet on this, I would bet on this being a negotiating ploy for sure. I mean, it, it, again, to draw back to college football, the parallel here is in the big 12 Texas and Oklahoma get or or generate so much of the revenue for that conference and when conference realignment was going on 10 or 15 years ago they both threatened to leave or go independent or do their own thing unless they got a bigger chunk of the pie and at at face value that didn't make any sense why would you leave a conference there's too many unknowns why look gift course in the face but at the end of the day they called the big 12s bluff and they got more, a bigger chunk of the revenue. And with the timing, the just kind of um, all the different details that are a part of this, I honestly, you know, the more I think about it, the more I think that that's, this is how that, that's going to play out. The funny thing about that, though, is I think this could be a situation where it doesn't, it actually fails. Mostly because there's some rumors I'm reading right now, and I'm trying to stay up. I'm keep refreshing Twitter just in case we get some breaking news. But um, some of the rumors out there, and again, this is Twitter, so I don't know how legit it is. I saw one that would seem hey. like a legit source, but the so, there's some rumors that City and Chelsea are going to pull out uh, tomorrow, which it's already tomorrow in the UK. That's why I am uh, keep refreshing. But... Um, and if that happens, I can't see it sustaining. I mean, it seems like just fall; it would fall to the wayside. And then they have yeah. no nego- then they have no negotiating power. True. Right? True. Yeah, yeah. They need to have a, a solidified front. If this is legitimate, the twelve that are in it right now have to remain united together. Uh, if any one of them, let alone two of them, pulls out, it's it crumbles. Right? It crumbles on itself. Uh, you know what I do find <clears throat> really interesting in all of this is like you have statements from like UEFA, you have statements from the Champions League, like f- from FIFA coming out and condemning this as nothing more than a greed play and it's the greedy, greedy owners and this is disgusting. You know who I don't want to hear that from? is FIFA, UEFA, and the Champions League because they're like the three greediest sports like heads in the world. So save your rhetoric about how this is just oh, a greed play. Like, no, this is affecting your bottom line and you're going to freak out if this actually happens, okay? Because let's not forget that earlier today, the Champions League announced the expansion to add four more teams and guarantee at least 10 games to every team in the tournament. You want to know why they did that? Because it makes them more money. Okay, that's why they did that. So save it, UEFA, save it, Champions League, save it, FIFA. You're all in this for money. Okay, you guys don't actually care about the fans, just like the owners don't care about the fans in this situation. So save your retort for something else. Okay, I think the people who need to be heard the loudest are the owners of the other clubs that are being affected by this and the fan bases of every team involved in this. That's who I want to hear from. And from the quick 48 hour 24 hours of new cycle that this has been it's all been negative and it's all been this shouldn't go forward and it all has been we can't let this happen 
Well, yeah, that's the other rumor. Tomorrow, the 14 remaining Premier League club owners are supposed to meet together, and apparently they're supposed to announce that they'll be announcing something. But one of the one of the rumors is, is that they would announce that all six clubs that are leaving uh, leave after this season, which, again, it's kind of like everyone just swinging for the fences. <laughs> And someone's going to like, who, who's going to flinch really. Right. I know I'm mixing metaphors right now, but. uh, But that that's the move that the premier league has to make. That's the step they have to make. Totally. If you are too good for us and you don't like our revenue sharing program and you think you deserve more money, then go, but we're not going to let you stay here for two years, for three years, No. win, win titles, beat up on our clubs or whatever and then just let you walk off into the sunset once your precious little league is ready. Now they have to make a stand. And because it also puts pressure right back on these clubs to go, Oh shit, we actually don't have next year. We don't actually have two years out. We've got this year because what happens when Manchester United is kicked out of the premier league, because they're going to the super league and there is no super league. They're just going to sit on the sidelines and pay these players to not play no revenue generated. I mean, they, no they could revenue. play six matches again. They could play matches against the other six, you know, and yeah. schedule some friendlies against the other super league clubs. But no, I think you're right. I think that, that move by the premier league, it has pu- to happen. they're pushing them. Yeah. Yeah. It has to happen because it's the only leverage the premier league still has. Kyle, you seem doubt. You seem uh, skeptical. I I'm skeptical from the stand. I mean, listen, I'm all with you guys in terms of one front or against super league. I'm all with you. I, I just think that if, I don't know, I think that it's really, it's going to, if they're serious about starting it, it's going to be nearly impossible because I don't think that, I don't think that, I think that the premier league won't, they won't care. They'll just leave and they'll do more of their own super league stuff. I don't think that FIFA will actually going to hold people out of international competitions. I just don't buy any of that. I think that um, unfortunately, you know, most of the leverage is in the hands of the super league teams. And, um, you know, I, I can only hope that they're, they're hearing the voices of their own fans. Right. And I think that's, what's going to potentially save this if it is a serious gambit. Well, and I think I, I, I think by the time we record next week, this will all be figured out one way or the other. We'll, they'll either all stand firm and we'll just be like, I guess it's going forward. And they're willing to like leave, leave premier league for a while, or a couple teams will drop out and then there'll be cracks in the foundation and the other teams, and then they'll be rushing to drop out so that they're not the last premier league team to, to hold firm, you know? Well, and let me, let me, I guess, do we want to tackle this question? What would happen if the premier league did kick them out and continue to operate as the premier league? What do you guys think, Nate? I mean, you're, you're a fan of a club that would be a part of that. How would that change your fandom? Well, it wouldn't change my, no, no. I mean, I think, in some ways we become one of the like title contenders next year. Well, definitely to me, it's like, 
I actually think the Premier League would be far better without those six clubs. And now hear me out. I don't mean, I think there's a ton of challenge from the revenue side of things. The, the question, I think if the, if the super league, if those clubs can stand firm, if I'm just arguing from their standpoint, if they stand firm, they will make a ton of money and it will benefit the owners. I don't know if it'll benefit the players or the fans or anything else, but I do think they will make a ton of money. The television deals, like it definitely is hard. Like once you strip out those six teams and you look at like next year's premier league with the 20 teams that we'll talk about in our spinoff episode, that's going to be recorded next. But when you look at that, it is hard to imagine NBC, my premier league morning, Brentford versus Watford, like two teams Kyle's never even heard of. Um, like, you know, but from a competitive balance standpoint, like I bet there'd be a race to the finish. I bet there would be yeah. a, 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 a tighter table, which more parody. I'm all about more parody. I enjoy that. I like the idea of a title race. We've been talking about that all season. Hey, are you guys ready for this? I just thought of something. This is going to blow your minds. The winner, <laughs> if this were to happen, you know who is the winner of all of this? The MLS. <laughs> Why? Because if these clubs were to go form their Super League, they'd go off, they'd do that thing. And instead of having – so all the best players go to the Super yeah. League, right? All the top players go to the Super League, and you're left with that next tier of players. And now for that next tier, there's no really top-flight English there, I mean, the, the top flight English league would be a, a notch down to where it used to be. Same is true for this league in Spain. Same is true for the league in Germany. And the MLS would automatically kind of get bumped up potentially in attracting better players. Well, I think from an American perspective, I could see a lot of Americans just being fed up and being like, you know what, I'm just going to support my U.S. team. And now that now the the MLS and the USL, for that matter, since we're from Phoenix, um, might have a right. bit more might have a bit more power. <clears throat> Absolutely, and but also to your point about the TV contracts too, are they going to show Wolverhampton versus you know West Brom on NBC, or is it going to be an MLS game at that point? And I think MLS might be the winner there. Yeah, I guess it just depends on how. Yeah, I mean, it it probably depends on who gets the contracts, and I'm sure NBC NBC's got to be shitting their pants sure. right now, right? Yeah. Like you look at these people who have these contracts signed with leagues, and they're like, oh man, like there's so many factor. There's so many factors in play. There's one factor we haven't talked about, and I actually think this may. I think everything could make or break on this factor. We've talked about the owners. The owners just care about the money. It's clear why they're doing that. The fans care about their club and have some power, but it's ultimately limited. Hopefully their voice and maybe their pocketbooks if they don't go to some of these matches. But the people we haven't talked about is the players. And... <laughs> 
I'm, I was really curious today watching Liverpool leads. I was wondering how, how does Trent Alexander Arnold feel? I think he grew up in Liverpool. These guys like the, the, the British players, particularly who grew up with pyramid football. Do you know what pyramid football is that term of the term of the week? Pyramid football. Yeah, I never heard of it. It's, it's uh, the tiered league. They call it another term for it is pyramid. So mm. the fact that you have premier league championship league one, league two promotion, relegation structure, pyramid football. Got it. But Trent Alexander Arnold grows up with this, this system. He grew up in Liverpool. Um, maybe he, I don't know, maybe his whole family is like Liverpool fans. Right. <laughs> and now he's got to go out on the pitch. His family's probably furious. He's maybe furious and he's got to go play a match. Maybe half-heartedly. Like, I think there's a, there was for sure a miscalculation on how fans would react. Now the question is like, what are players going to do? Like, will players actually want to play in this league? I don't know. I think, you know, the money will be there and money, money speaks, money talks. Um, but it assumes a lot that, that all the best players are just going to stick with these clubs and play in this super league. Yeah. And I think also you, you can add the coaches into that group as well. Like, For sure. I, I think one of the more surprising things that I've kind of realized today is that this, these decisions were made at the highest of the highest level at the clubs by them and by them alone. The fact that Jurgen Klopp was blindsided by this tells you kind of all you need to know about where this is really coming from, right? And so um, I grouped the coaches in with the players for, you know, one, they're all blindsided by this. None of them knew that this was going on. Um, but it is going to be interesting because, you know, all the rumors that are flying around out there, I think the one that holds the most weight, and I have no idea the legality of it, is FIFA threatening to ban the players from the league from playing for their countries. I have no idea if they have any legal right to do that. I, I have no idea. None whatsoever. If that is something they can do, I think that you are going to see a lot of players demand transfers away from these clubs. To me, that's the most un that's the most unfair decision oh. of this. I think, well, I think any player for any of this is wrong. They don't they have, have nothing to do with this. No, I think the Premier League kick out the clubs. That's fine. If Serie A wants to cut, kick out the Italian clubs, if these if these leagues want to kick out the clubs themselves, then the players have a choice. You know, the players yeah. can choose to stick with their clubs, demand a transfer down the line right but but to not let them play for their nations that feels a bit heavy-handed right and this is where sure. you see some of the some of the negotiation tactics right <laughs> to try and stop it from happening i sent you guys there was a i don't know if it was the first it was for sure the first i saw and i didn't see very much more of this during the day so it, it genuinely could be the first player to speak out about it, but it was a Wolves player. So certainly I 
I'm following more Wolves players than anyone else. Daniel Potence this morning at 5.30 this morning a.m. our time said, wrote this, the ball, the song, the dream, the Zidane's volley, Kaka's solo, Liverpool and Athens, Ole and Barcelona, Chris and Seedorf. There's there, there are some things we just can't really pay for it. And he's mentioning for, I don't know, most of those things, probably just like you guys, but they're kind of these epic champions league events and these moments that happened. And he's basically saying like, this is, this is a joke. He's kind of the first person to say like, it's not, this isn't a good thing. So he's the first person to say something, but then Chris, you'll be happy to know that the first person, the first person on any of the big six clubs to like kind of respond or do anything was Bruno. Bruno Fernandez, I think retweeted it with clap hands. So he didn't say anything, but did three clap hands when he retweeted it. So no, no, no. he retweeted it with the clap hands and at the bottom of his tweet said, you can't, you can't buy the dream or something along those lines. It's broken English. The dream can't be by the dream can't be by as actually what I said, the dream can't be by in broken English. Essentially you can't buy the dream is, is what he said on that. Yeah. So, so there is, I mean, again, we haven't seen a lot of it yet. I'm sure these players are like, they're stuck in some ways, especially the the players for the big six. And there's tons of matches this week. And we will talk very briefly about, about the premier league, this actual matches, but um, there's a ton of matches. We had a, we had a pretty full weekend of premier league plus FA cup. Then we've got, we had a game today. We have a game Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, all weekend, Monday, like, there's a lot of games happening. So there's a lot going on this week. Um, so, so we'll see a lot more uh, of this as, as it rolls out. But I-, I, I really do think the, the fan, the players themselves, if this moves forward. So presuming that things just keep moving forward as stated, um, I think ultimately it'll be the players who decide whether it works or doesn't. Could be. You wonder when they will have the voice to, to, to actually be that voice, right? Like if they, if the clubs just keep continuing to move forward with it and steam right ahead, at what point do the players find their voice in this? Will be the question. Yeah, I think James. I didn't see it. I meant to watch it, but I think James Mil- Milner in his post post match interview for Liverpool today. I think he said something about it. Um, obviously, the Leeds United team came out wearing <laughs> wearing their, those t shirts during warm up. Way to go, Leeds! I know. Not man. only not only did their team come out in the earn it shirts. But their website <laughs> deleted all references to the team names. I don't know I if you saw. saw I did. The Merseyside Reds, right? The Merseyside Reds or the Manchester Reds. They, they removed the names of all the clubs that were defecting. And I just thought it was fantastic. 
What were they the London Cocks? Was that what they called? I can't remember what they called Tottenham. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's great. Oh, and the Wolves TikTok. Did you guys see that video? Yeah. Wolves TikTok had all these like sick moves of Wolves players like owning a player from each of the big six. And there was some song playing like goodbye or something every time they did it. It was pretty, it was pretty funny. Yeah. Well, let me, I feel like this is a good time then uh, to present conspiracy theory number two. <laughs> okay. So conspiracy number theory number two is that this was leaked by a Spurs official so that they could fire Jose today without anyone caring or recognizing or saying anything about it. No, the opposite. <laughs> this is the ultimate Jose smokescreen. <laughs> I think Jose was going to leak it. <laughs> and so they finally were like, fine, we'll freaking announce it. And Jose can just sneak out under the radar without anyone talking about the fact that he got fired again. Exactly. I mean, it is out of control that the, the Jose Mourinho getting fired is getting no talk time. I didn't even know it happened. So <laughs> you didn't know until right no. now. Until right now. That was the, I mean, you, you came into our text string really late. I think it was the first thing I texted this morning, Yeah, but, but probably by the time you read your text, we were, we were 20 or 30 deep probably. Yeah. Or the picture I sent with his total earnings after being fired, he's now up to $93 million in buyouts from clubs he's been fired from. Here's the other thing. A good agent. This is Jose. Jose. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's brilliant because now he, now he knows he will never get, he could come out and say, I disagree with the Super League. I will never coach for a Super League team and come out looking like a hero. But actually, it's the fact that he would never get hired by a Super League team again anyways. But he could come out looking really, really brilliant and then well, go take the helm of yeah. Barnsley or something. No way. Josie's going to was... take over like the Seattle Sounders. <laughs> He's coming to the MLS. Americans are the only ones dumb enough to hire him at this point. <laughs> I was also like that club in Spain, Sevilla, which was like, we will not be part of the Super League. And it was like, okay, no one invited you guys. <laughs> they actually, well, they had a good run last year at the end of the season. They, yeah. they bounced United from the Europa League. So Sevilla is not a bad squad, but yeah, that, that, oh, I don't necessarily hold, know. hold on on Twitter. Uh, Fulham just said that they are bowing out of the super league. So Fulham <laughs> will not be a part of it either. <laughs> Thank you. Well, breaking news, breaking news from Kyle. Here's the other thing. If this happens, if this goes through, Sheffield United would have been the quickest bounce back team having been relegated on Saturday and reinstated on Tuesday. So this could turn out really well for Sheffield United. You could even make the case that they were reinstated on Sunday when the announcement hit that these teams were going. That's true. 24 hours of relegation. (laughs) 
Well, let's, let's. You know why? You know why Sheffield is getting relegated, right? They suck. Because they didn't bring back the hat. That's why they're getting relegated. That's true. That's true. Well, let's. Um, there were some matches this weekend. As we just mentioned, Sheffield United lost to Wolves 1 0 um, in a really super boring, boring match. Um, there was also some FA Cup this weekend. Chelsea ended Manchester City's dream of the quadruple, which also might end tomorrow with UEFA. <laughs> Uh, kicking them out and crowning PSG champions. Uh, have you heard that rumor? No, that, that's fresh to me. Yeah, so that's the other rumor is that tomorrow UEFA is going to kick City, Bayern, and who's the other semifinalist in the Champions League? Chelsea, right? Oh, and Chelsea. Yeah, kick those three teams out of Champions League. And PSG would be the champion by default. And then, and then, like two months down the line, PSG reneges, and they're like, "We're going to the Super League. <laughs> we got our trophy, dude." That's the other crazy thing. Again, I read so much on Twitter today. I barely worked. I was just reading Twitter, but uh, I did see somewhere else that <laughs> this is. I mean, it's just the pretentiousness of this whole plan is mind-boggling. I saw somewhere that the Super League was going to allow each club to like transfer their trophies from the Champions League so that they could like have some historical like status. So Manchester United's won three Champions League, so they would be like three times Super League champions it's like it's so freaking dumb like if you're gonna start something new just freaking start something new like it's not champions league it's not a like just oh so maddening uh yeah fa cup uh chelsea beat manchester city in the american derby Zach Steffen started for Manchester City. Pulisic, in the most shameful thing Tuchel could do, did not start Pulisic, brought him on later. Pulisic actually scored on Steffen, but it was ruled back for offsides. Um, it, it's funny. I, I don't want us to really talk about these clubs very much. I'm actually like, as I speak about them, I'm like so pissed that it's even like something we're talking about, but, but nevertheless, Leicester, who is not a trader, Leicester city is the other team in the FA cup final. If that cup final ever happens, maybe Leicester will win it by default, which would be beautiful. We'd love to see that Kyle, your boys won as well. I know you're super bummed not to have as much time to talk about them, but Good win by Manchester United this weekend. Yeah, I don't even know. Great win. Yeah, maybe totally inco- inconsequential, but a yeah, good. Yeah, who, who knows? You know, they they've closed the gap to eight 
it was 14 a week ago, so it's down to eight now. Um, it would need a miracle for it to, to happen, but I'm still holding out hope with United playing probably the best soccer right now out of any club out there. Um, okay, here's the question, though. Like, Kyle, does – this is the question that all the, everyone's asking. At, at least Stu is asking, but <laughs> – does your top four remain unchanged? Are you holding firm to the top four or are these revelations, the fact that two of them may not even be in the premier league next year, does that cause you to reinstate? I don't know. Wolves just naming a random team. Mm. This is the question. And this was the first question that came to my mind, you know, as all this uh, news broke. You know, in fact, I would say this was the top question that came to most soccer fans' minds as this news broke. Totally. Was what am I going to do with my top four? Yes. Uh, And I think that, you know, after giving it some thought, I think that there's two two components here. Number one, I want to give this at least one more week to play out and see where we land. I would say that it doesn't do anything to improve the standings of Man U and Chelsea in the top four, certainly. Um, they have an uphill battle from here, I think it would be fair to say. But I also don't know that there's any real point in bringing Wolves back, to be honest. Uh, you know, it kind of reminds me of like, the judges save an American idol when America votes someone <laughs> off and then the judges bring them back. And it's like, that person's literally just going to sing for one more week. And <laughs> totally. So I'm not going to do that to, to wolves. I have too much respect for, for the wolves. Badge. That's fair. Fair. No, I think, I think that makes sense. I think we're going to have to like, because we still are going to bring on some fan interviews. I'm so glad we didn't have someone scheduled for tonight because yeah, it would have been a mess, but um, that's why I included a week buffer in here. So we have four weeks left before the, the final decision, Kyle, and um, we'll have to get either our leads or uh, Everton fan on for next week, just to buy you some more time. Absolutely. And I will say, man, if Leeds had been able to pull off that victory for the world today, it might have been over. We might have just called it right then and there. But they weren't quite able to get over the hump. The draw keeps it alive. Yep. So, so I'm a, I'm a little upset that no one's asked me about how I feel about my club potentially doing this. Like, all right, guys, let's go back to the year-long analogy. The you, had time, you had time. You had the whole first 40 minutes of this episode <laughs> to talk about it. I asked what your thoughts are. Yeah, I know, but I had a lot of thoughts on other stuff. Okay, um, well, don't blame us for that. But, well, no, it just makes it easier. Uh, so, you know, the hot girl at work that's hitting on the married guy, right? Yeah. Well, if the wife gets up and leaves, he's allowed to talk to the hot girl, right? Like, that's okay, right? Like, right. <laughs> if she leaves him, that just yeah. leaves the room. Is that what she, yeah. The wife gets up and she says, I'm out of here. So would you pick a new club? Would I, you I'm be our to... would you be our guest for next season? <laughs> I <laughs> might be a neophyte next season, is what I'm saying. I, it's, I'm open to it. Look, 
at the end of the day, when I chose United, there were very specific reasons why I chose them. Totally. And uh, a lot of those reasons go out the window if this Super League goes. And, you know, being a fan of them for only two years, I don't have the history of a lifelong fandom. I don't have the history of growing up in a city where that was our life, right? Like, I feel horrible for all these legitimate dude. Born and bred United fans, Spurs fans, all these fans out there that this has been their life. This has been their joy. Um, I don't fall into that category because I chose them two years ago. And that is not to take away how I feel about this club, because I've even told you, Nate, like surprisingly, they're one of my favorite franchises in the world. And and very quickly it happened. And in what was probably my worst year of my life, one of the few lone highlights that I got was watching United make this crazy run after the restart, you know? And so for those of you who don't know, I lost my father last year and I was talking to someone else who I've kind of been in chatting with uh, who lost their father a little bit after my dad died. And they were asking me, how do you do it? Like, how do you go on? Like, how do you, you know, move on in your day. And one of the things that I really grabbed onto was that I I looked for joy in the small moments that were still coming. And last year at the after the restart, it was the Manchester United games. And that might sound crazy to some people, but when you're suffering from grief, you need joy to come from somewhere. And and for me, you know, my joy came from those United games and Uh, the crazy schedule that was crunched together after the restart, I was able to grab little pieces of joy in those matches and find an escape and have an outlet to, to enjoy life again and find those things. And so this club, even though I've only been a fan of theirs for two years, it actually means a lot to me. Um, But this is definitely something that I have to consider whether or not I want to be a a fan of this club going forward. So I, you know, obviously I'm going to let everything shake out and see how it happens, but there's a very real possibility because I, I've loved the premier league. It's been so fun to follow and watch. And uh, I kind of hate that it, that it's kind of falling apart right now. So who knows? Yeah, I know. I keep thinking about just the lifelong fans. Like for us, I feel, I was gutted all day yesterday. Like I couldn't shake it. Like, and I'm like, I've only been a fan for three years. I can't imagine people whose lives have been built around this, you know? So a couple other quick things to talk about Uh, Norwich city clinched automatic promotion. So Pookie coming back. Um, There may be five other teams joining them, but uh, for now Norwich is in for sure. Um. Let's look at lock it in review. Both Kyle and Chris got their picks correct. United over Burnley. Uh, Chris takes a, a commanding game and a half lead at 19 and 12. Chris is 15 and or 17 and 15. And I lost my West Ham over Newcastle prediction to drop me to 18 and 14. We have a lot of games this upcoming week. We have a interesting little midweek and then a weekend full of football. Um, I, so we, we're, we're each picking two matches. I am taking Spurs over Southampton new manager bump. 
I'm predicting, and I'm taking Leicester over Crystal Palace. Good yeah, good choices, Nate. I was I was gonna take Spurs over Southampton too, um, but I like to choose games that weren't chosen before. So I am taking City over Villa, which I will happily relinquish my lead in the lock it in if that pick is wrong. And sure. in the week in the weekend match, I'm back in United over Leeds. Great. All right. Well, I'm stealing one of Chris's. I'm going City over Villa. And then in the weekend, taking Liverpool over Newcastle. Great. I feel like I feel like I gotta challenge you, man. You can't take one, you can't take Spurs. You gotta you gotta take a non-top six, a non a non-lever. I I took I took uh Lester. You took Lester. I took Lester in my second match. All right, all right. It, the the new manager bounce the new manager bounce is too is too enticing too much to pass up okay. too much to pass up who is okay. taking over this is how out of touch I am on the Spurs on Spurs news who who is it who got the nod because they fired Jose and his staff yeah I actually forget what the guy's name is but he <laughs> I I read like a really brief, I I read a really brief story about him or not even a story apparent. We're going to have to feature him next week on kind of a new manager feature because I think he almost died in a match and had to retire early. And it's kind of a great, like, it seems like a really great story and we'll, we'll touch on it next week. I don't even know his name, but we'll touch on it next week. We'll feature him and I'll give a little insight into who, who he is, but um. Like yes, D- Dabo, Dabo, Dabo Sweeney, Dabo Sweeney, <laughs> <laughs> taking over. Ted Lasso, Ted Ted Lasso, Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. Yeah, know what the happiest animal in the animal kingdom is? <laughs> the goldfish. I've seen that a couple times on Twitter. Is what is what is season two of Ted Lasso going to look like? If Dude, this, if this thing kicks in. No one needs Ted Lasso more than the world right now. Uh, as for matches of the week, Arsenal, Everton, uh, West Ham, Chelsea, I think are two interesting matches. And I would also say every match involving one of the top six clubs, because you know that the, the world or at least the premier league <laughs> world is going to be rooting for those teams to lose. So, uh, very interesting week coming up. I do wonder, do we need to call them the top nine? Because technically Arsenal's ninth. They're not top six. <laughs> I know. I know. All right, gentlemen. I don't think there's any more fitting way for us to end this episode than us all at the same time to say it. Chris's famous tagline. Notre Dame is right here, baby. Here it is. Glazers, Glazers out. out. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>